0: This is The Drive-In Podcast, take one. Bada big, bada boom. Welcome to episode 105 of The Drive-In Podcast. On today's episode, we have the checkup with yours truly, Dr. L, along with our trailer roundup featuring the likes of Thor: Love and Thunder, along with Mission: Impossible Dead Reckoning Part One. So use the bathroom now, grab that popcorn, and enjoy episode 105 of the Drive-In. Howdy, Judy. Welcome to episode 105 of the Drive-In Podcast. This is Dr. on the Horn. I'm joined as always by my co-host, my best friend, movie aficionado, Ricky Flicks. Ricky Flicks, good afternoon. We have an insane amount of trailers to get to today. Are you ready?
1: <laughs> it It's insane what we got in store for us to this episode. Hope the audiences are buckled up ready for this because i don't even know if i am this
0: is banana lands we are looking at a new trailer unexpected trailer we got for mission impossible dead reckoning i don't know how unexpected it was because we got top gun maverick debuting this week tom cruise also a part right two para, two paramount movies they go hand in hand makes sense thor love and thunder we had a teaser a couple weeks ago we're getting the first full-length trailer then moving on we had other Marvel trailers. We got She-Hulk that came out. Uh, We also had a new Elvis trailer from Boz Lorman. And unfortunately, by the time we're recording right now, we are going to miss the trailer of The Gray Man, which is dropping the day after us recording. So we're going to make sure we give you all the details for The Gray Man on one of our upcoming episodes. Uh, It will be on our Tom Cruise Rolls Draft. We will have a breakdown of the great man starring brian gosling chris evans ana de armis renee jean page i mean the hottest names in hollywood pun intended so with that being said ricky flex are you ready to talk some thor love and thunder
1: i will have to say one thing
0: okay go go go
1: i i don't mean to delay this episode any further because i know this is a big one but I did watch something this weekend. Oh, yeah. something I forgot to new. ask
0: you. I forgot to ask you. We had we to break it down.
1: So this move, like this weekend, like obviously men, Alex Garwin, person that did Ex Machina, uh, Annihilation, um, that was in theaters. Did not go and see it. Jesse Buckley, love her, did not go and see it. But I did watch a new movie this weekend. Mm-hmm. I watched Chippendale Rescue Rangers.
0: I was going to ask if you saw this movie. It's getting awesome reviews.
1: Doctor, let me be one of those awesome reviews. <laughs> this movie, you. So we were discussing uh, this weekend, I think over breakfast. Doctor, we were discussing how, like, I was a little like, eh, I don't know. I like, I like the cast. I like how it's kind of like meta a little bit, but like I was afraid it's gonna be too meta. But you were like, no, this like could be for adults. But then I was like, ah, oh, Disney Plus. Would they really do that? Why not just do it in theaters? No, this is for adults. This movie was awesome this movie was good like i totally could see myself watching this again whoa I, I, like, i'm gonna watch I went... it
0: tonight i'm watching it tonight
1: it was very funny there were some things that just didn't hit but there were a couple things that just hit so hard and there are some cameos that i won't mention that were great i think if you're listening to this podcast then you definitely saw the tim robinson cameo as ugly sonic on social media and i'm telling you there's there is a lot more cameos, not just by great actors, but uh, great characters like Sonic. And that's the only thing I'll say uh, related to spoilers. OK, and I didn't spoil anything. So I highly rec- if you are like, you know, like Chippendale for me, I never watched it. Even like I, for me to say this, I don't truly believe it, but I was more of an Alvin, Alvin and the Chipmunks guy. And I wasn't an Alvin and the Chipmunks guy, but if I had to pick between the two. I would pick Alvin and they actually make fun of themselves in the movie because of this, which is very funny and it's just so self-aware and not too meta and properly self-aware, which made it so enjoyable to watch. So, again, this isn't like redefining animation, live action combination movies isn't redefining anything. Um, but compared to like what we've seen recently, like Tom and Jerry and all these crappy live action movies or throwbacks like these childish ones that try to be meta that try to be um, appeal to adults like us. This one hits the nail on the head. And I think it's because it has the Lonely Island boys, Andy Sandberg leading uh, this project. And I think that's why it's like really, really, really fun. And I highly recommend it if you're just looking for a fun watch.
0: Wow, it's got the Ricky Flick stamp of, stamp of approval. Yes. Stopped. All right. Um, did you have low expectations going in? Speak Incredibly candidly? low. So did you think that impacted how highly you think of the movie just based on how you thought it wasn't going to amount to much or have that great of an experience viewing it?
1: A thousand percent. And I think it's affecting the Rotten tomato score as well. This thing's certified fresh at Rotten What is this tomatoes. right now? What is it on Rotten It's, it's like 78, 79. Wow. Wow, I I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that high personally because, like, at the end of the day, it's not like this movie. Like, there's a it followed the formula, you know, it followed the formula. Uh But um, it's uh, for me, like, I was highly entertained, but like more so than just like a Jungle Cruise, like a Jungle Cruise. I would redo my rating for that movie. I don't think that's a good movie at all. I would redo that under fifty percent probably. This one, way above. Like, I would put Mm seventy. I, I I think it's that good.
0: I think, I think the nostalgic references that i've seen on social media are really tempting me to see it and uh, after your review i will definitely check it
1: out free if you have disney plus
0: yeah and i mean i guess this also i've seen the reviews online i think this is a good example of a movie that is going to gain a lot of traction through the power of social media it's not like people were going to check out chip and dale rescue rangers uh, unless you were a parent like and showing it to your kids and it's something that uh, the parents can enjoy similar to the uh, like almost to like a further extent than their own kids based on like the characters they grew up with and the references that are made in this movie. So I think the power of like social media I, what I keep seeing it's basically begging me to see this movie or just like commanding me to see this movie. so I'm very excited to check that out.
1: yeah, I highly recommend it.
0: Um, And I really want to quick talk about what I saw this weekend. Uh, I stayed in on Saturday. It was a zillion degrees and I didn't want to put the effort into going out. So I, on Netflix, what popped up first thing, I haven't seen it in a minute. Shout out to J man, but I watched midnight in Paris. First time I watched it in a a few years and I really love that movie. It's so good. Uh, The acting, like all the smaller parts, right. From like these great actors, Corey Stoll. Tom Hiddleston, uh, the girl from Goon, I forgot what her name is. She plays Tom, uh, Zelda Fitzgerald. Like Owen Wilson, that's probably his best role, man. It really is. Like that's my favorite. If we had an Owen Wilson roles draft, that might be going alongside Jeremy and Wedding Crashers, like one and two. Like I really think he is so charming in that. A movie, like I didn't realize like how well, like it's the themes of like inspiration, where it can come from. Okay, and uh, it kind of like makes you value English class growing up when you think about the authors that are being emphasized here and how like their themes can and their books that they had written last and even art that is made they last the the tests of time and that they can you can relate it to even your inspirations today like I like that movie is really good it looks incredible right in Paris itself. It made me hate Rachel McAdams though. Like that's a good job by her part, I guess, by saying so, because I forgot like how we go from wedding crashers with Owen Wilson and Rachel McAdams, one of my favorite like, like love stories in the history of rom coms, then going to Midnight in Paris. I'm like, God, I can't stand her right now. But I mean, she did well. But I just want to do a quick shout out to j Man, that movie's awesome. Okay,
1: I I watched that at the end of last year. I'm keeping tabs of my. Like what i've been watching uh ever since like closer to the second half of last year and i just checked i gave that a 92. i gave it a 94.
0: i've been i've been keeping scores too yeah 92.
1: Scores. i love that I, that honestly like i do think i would i rather have that Owen wilson than wedding crashers Owen wilson like as in like i think that's a better performance
0: it's like it's like a, it's not like Wacky at all? Like, not Wedding Crashers. Wacky. It was just like, Justin's yeah, gone. he's clearly going for laughs. He's, but he's going for laughs as Jeremy mm-hmm. Beckwith in that movie. Here, like, he is a really charming dude. You can say, like, this guy is a movie star. It's not just like he's not just there for the comedies. You see what he's done with Wes Anderson, all right, with his right. relationship, the him art, coming up. The, the artistic
1: like, in his craft is shown in Wedding Midnight in Paris.
0: Right. He is more than Wedding Crashers. Right. Yeah. He's More than it. Uh, With that being said, I think it's time to move on to Thor, Love, and Thunder. Are you ready? Ready. All right, Ricky Flex, fresh off viewing the new Thor, Love, and Thunder trailer. We're here to give our instant reactions. So, halftime, we got Celtics absolutely beaten down on the heat right now. We needed a break from such a boring game, and we got some excitement. MCU next phase 4 movie directed by Taika Waititi we get the first official trailer following the teaser a couple of weeks back what were your initial reactions upon seeing the first official trailer for Thor Love and Thunder
1: All gods will die All okay. gods will die Christian Bale very much back little hiatus 3 year hiatus for him after Ford versus Ferrari but he's so back playing a Marvel villain who I guess And a macro view, like an outer view for the whole movie as a whole. Thor Love and Thunder. This looks like, for me, this will be very good. But at the end of the day, it's trying to rely, or not rely, but it has the same Ragnarok vibes. It's just that Ragnarok being the first Taika Waititi film and this being the second. I feel like it just won't capture that same energy, similar to like a Guardians versus Guardians 2. Guardians Mm. 2, very good movie, but it just can't live up to the first one. Even with Christian Bale coming in as the villain for this movie, I just don't think it's going to live up to the first one. I know it's a hot take right out the bat, but um, that's kind of where my vibes were. I th- Those two, seeing Christian Bale, and obviously, and then what my take just there, I think those are the two main thoughts going in after uh, seeing this trailer. How about yourself? So main takeaway is definitely Gore the God Butcher. It's definitely Christian Bale. Uh, they did not show
0: him in the teaser trailer a couple weeks back there were some rumors that people were starting to worry about whether we were going to actually be able to see christian bale and his acting skills whether he was gonna be covered up by cgi i think this trailer provided a lot of relief to mcu fans that you're going to actually tell this is christian bale he's not going to be covered in a bunch too much makeup where you're not be able to you aren't gonna be able to make out his expressions and what he's trying to portray I think this trailer did a perfect job of teasing who Gore the God Butcher will be. And I think I have a firm idea of what his motives will be in this movie already. And I'm excited by the parallels. It seems like he's lost somebody. He lost maybe a love of his due to a god acting out of selfish reasons, out of acting for themselves. And now you have a parallel with Thor being reunited with his love, okay, with Jane Foster, who's taking on the mantle of, like, Lady Thor here. So I think you've got some interesting dynamics there. But I agree with you that I, I'm starting to be a little bit skeptical of Taika reclaiming that magic from the first movie. And I think you hit the nail on the head comparing Guardians of the Galaxy 1 to Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Guardians of the Galaxy 2, the jokes didn't hit quite the same. They felt a little bit stale. They felt a little bit forced. And just like in this trailer – Thor didn't knock my socks off like he did in Ragnarok. Okay? Yeah. I know it's only a trailer, but the jokes he was saying, directing towards Jane, it wasn't, I guess it's like the character we expect Thor to be, I guess now. So I, I think we have higher expectations. It's not enough that he's making jokes.
1: Exactly. The first one, Ragnarok, was a total shift from the previous two Thor films. Completely different tone, not just for him, but the MCU really. Like, yes, we have Tony Stark, who is that quirky guy, right? And the year before Ragnarok, we had Tony, uh, we had Doctor Strange. And he's an, similar to the Tony Stark type. But Ragnarok was just a completely different movie than anything else we've ever seen. Um, even Guardians, I would say, is the closest comparison, I would say. But it's with a core Avenger that we've already seen a different expectation because we already saw two iterations of Thor and also two previous Avenger movies with him. Uh, other than Guardian and then versus Guardians which nobody had any expectations for because to be honest they they aren't an A list MCU hero or group. So mm-hmm. that's why when we're going into the second Thor here it's just like okay, now we've seen the Ragnarok so those are now our new expectations. And he was arguably the one of the best parts if not the best part of Infinity War, one of the better parts in Endgame although there is controversy obviously with the dad bod which they continue the joke in this one. And now it's kind of just kind of redo that image, literally. And now it's carrying into, all right, let's build off a Ragnarok on its own separate thing. Chris Hemsworth said that he wants to be Thor, not just for this movie, but moving forward. We have a new Lady Thor, Natalie Portman, coming onto the scene. How how many movies or shows is she going to get after this? A lot of different factors playing in to make the expectations that much bigger to go along with Russell Crowe and Christian Bale joining the movie. So the expectations just keep rising.
0: Right. A hundred percent agree. And I think MCU fans just got to hope that this new Thor doesn't grow stale. Okay. Compared to the appearances in Ragnarok, infinity war, and then Endgame, Okay. How much can we take of this new style of Thor? Will they have to reinvent like the character again after this movie, right? Time will tell once it comes out. I don't want to speak too early about that, but I want to say other aspects of this trailer. I really enjoyed, uh, It looks and sounds amazing, okay? It has like an 80s type of adventure style to it, similar to like a Ragnarok. It's bright. It's colorful. Uh, They got the Sweet Child of Mine instrumental that worked beautifully, in my opinion. Uh, To go along with that, I love that the Guardians of the Galaxy do not make appearance in the main trailer. It sets an expectation. They were part of the teaser. Do not expect them for for an extended length in this upcoming movie by not being featured in the main trailer. I think that's sending a strong message. Uh, feels like this movie will eventually come down to lady Thor and Thor against Gore, the God butcher. Okay. It feels like that's what the eventual showdown is going to be, which I love. I don't want this huge slugfest between 10 different heroes and 10 different villains. Right. I like that. Especially if you have Christian Bale as a villain, you want that one-on-one type of feel for, a marvel movie like a, like a like a like a not one where it feels like you're gonna need to include other heroes incorporate other characters to take on the villain make it a little more personal for thor okay like ragnarok was and i think that worked wonderfully with a villain like cate blanchett i mean christian bale and cate blanchett like taiko atiti like working with an embarrassment of riches for his first two mcu films i just can't get over the fact that Christian Bale sounds amazing too, and I, I'm really excited. I think they teased it enough where they gave him like three lines total, three or four lines, but they all hit hard. They all hit, and it seems like this is that aspect of Christian Bale we've never seen. We've seen him in the bat suit, we've seen him as Bruce Wayne, we've seen him in so many historical or prestigious type of roles. Now let's see him as an antagonist, have some fun playing the opposite of a superhero as the antagonistic character. I'm- and
1: Beyond height and like the opposite type of person, type of type of character, not just by motives, but also Chris Hemsworth, Thor, this new image of Thor, you know, kind of a comedic atmosphere. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, very jacked, muscular versus Christian Bales. Gore the God Butcher is very Dark. slim Reaper, like uh, Grim Reaper type vibes, but like very pale. Uh, again, very monotone, very serious. Like, complete opposite type of character, and, like, all gods will die. Like, real, it's to the point, like, dark. And I agree with you. I like the limited amount of lines. I like how we got to see an image, the second image in this trailer, you could clearly see that's Christian Bale. That's, like, it. I know it's CGI, but, like, that, the second image, out of the four images we saw of Gore the Gobletcher, the second one was clearly Christian Bale. It almost looked like makeup. But then the other three was clearly CGI. It was almost like you're trying to pinpoint, does that really look like Christian Bale? But in the day, and you look close enough, it is. Um, I do like that. Uh, We saw different types of images, only a couple lines. Save the best stuff for the movie. That's what we like to see here at the Drive-In Podcast. And finally, I will just say, Russell Crowe. I was... We, barely, we saw the same image from behind earlier in the trailer, in the big first minute of the trailer of his back. And I'm like, are they really going to save Russell Crowe again for the movie? Because like they still haven't shown his face. So I was like, man, like they're really like trying to not show him until the movie. So I'm just like, hmm, that's kind of a red flag. But then they show him at the end with an accent, an accent to his voice. Very interesting and comedic relief. It was just comedic relief. So interesting to see what Zeus, Russell Crowe's role will be in this movie.
0: Yeah, I still commit to my prediction that he's going to have less than 10 minutes of screen time in this movie. Does it seem like he'll be here for the long haul? Can he's on the main really? title
1: card. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, yeah. How are you not going to include the name Russell Crowe if you're going to show him in the trailer? It's not just a cameo. It's you know, it's a 10-minute appearance. It's like having Professor X on the title card of
1: Multiverse of Madness. Was he, though? Like the poster, the movie poster.
0: Professor X. I don't know, but he was in the trailer. I don't think he, was. he was. Oh yeah, tra- right, right, right. He was in the teaser and but- like the second trailer. You know, like he was, he was, he. It was well known he was going to be in the movie. You know, uh I guess you can kind of compare that to like Guardians of the Galaxy. They're going to be on like right. the main card here, I guess. But like, I think they're going to have. I think he might have more screen time than the Guardians. The Guardians. That's what I'm thinking now. The main trailer. Yeah, um, but I do want to say something about Christian Bale because you skipped ahead to Zeus. I do like the idea that. He is shown, you can clearly see his face in one part of the trailer, right? It's kind of telling me we're going to see Gore the God Butcher um, develop over this movie. It's going to start with like an origin, okay? I, I assume when you see his clear face, it's before darkness has like taken over his body, before he becomes the God Butcher. That might be the moment where you find out what the gods did to his love, all right? Or whoever he cared about deeply, and then as the movie progresses, you see you see like the demented face, the black sludge drudging from his lips, okay, and him becoming this evil figure. So I, I don't think we're gonna be able to tell it's Christian Bale the entire movie, but you're gonna get that personal aspect for a lot of it. And I dig like character development and like personal stories for the villains, that's when the MCU villains are at their best. So feed that to me. Uh, but Russell Crowe, may, I'm kind of hoping this is a bridge to like another character, like a Hercules type of character. Obviously, Zeus, who's his son, another MCU hero, Hercules, right? There's uh, There hasn't been like a casting for that character yet, but it's almost assumed that this character will make an appearance, which is also exciting for the future because like it seems like in Thor's corner of the universe, things are expanding, and it tells me that Thor is not going to be done after this movie, which is – A good sign right a phase one hero that is still going to last right through phase four which is a rarity when you look at chris evans robert downey jr uh scarlett johansson right potentially jeremy renner okay and we got like smaller role hulk you know so it's good to have a focal point still from early stages of the mcu but uh I guess you could say he's also expanding because he won't be around for long. Who That's knows? what I was going to say. But like I don't think the rest of the cast is there yet. I don't think Valkyrie, Tessa Thompson is ready to take over this role, even though she, they show her going against Gore the God sure. Butcher. I don't think Jane Foster is going to be like just the one to replace Chris Hemsworth here. I, I can't imagine Natalie Portman signing on for like an extended contract with Marvel. I don't know why. I just don't see it. Uh, but yeah, I guess those are my thoughts.
1: Well, I, I, so you said basically what I was going to rebut with. So uh, uh, kudos to you. I was just counterclaiming but everything before you, that's, that right. I'm literally, I'm like, you said that. what you said. don't even think
0: about it, Ricky. Don't even think about it. I already cut it cover?
1: But uh, no, like Natalie Portman, like they say in the show, it's been eight years, seven months, whatever, how many days. Why come back? She could have said no. You know, so that, that tells me she signed on for the phase four. Like she's not for more than this movie. So I could see, I'm not saying I predict this, I'm just saying I could see Thor maybe sacrificing himself because he's different than the other gods, as Gore says, sacrificing himself to defeat Gore and the other guys live. Yeah. And then they take on the mantle and go on with your counter, your own personal counter argument that I was going to make, which is, OK, there are expanding this God universe. And that's what it's just going to be. It's going to be Lady Thor. It's going to be Valkyrie, potentially Hercules or whoever else they want to bring into the frame here. and guardians are all who are also in this movie and you predict and i also agree limited screen time they're also in that the outside earth 616 universe so they can also carry that outside universe perspective so i'm not saying it's gonna happen but i could totally see again the only people that are really relevant right now from phase one core avengers is hulk who doesn't have his own tv show and then hulk who you know you could see lady thor taking over if she wants Natalie portman why why would she come back like i said and she's a big enough actress in hollywood to head up you know a mcu uh hero uh,
0: the only thing what i'm thinking of it's from a previous conversation we had uh is thinking about the characters that are being introduced to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, whether it be in TV shows or movies, they're lesser known characters. They're C-list characters. It's good to have Thor in your back pocket. And like Kevin Foggy, if you can confirm that Chris Hemsworth still wants to play the character, which he has said that he still wants to do, I think you got to ride that wave. I don't think you can get rid of him yet because he is like arguably alongside Spider-Man, your strongest asset in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And you are you could argue that Scarlet Witch was also like in that top five, like most integral pieces for the future of the MCU. And her future's up in the air now, too. Obviously, following the events of Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness. I think you need Hemsworth in the future alongside Spider-Man just to carry over these c list characters until they become more household names, you know, whether that be for another movie or two, or maybe he makes his like ultimate sacrifice in the next like team up movie, whether that be Secret Wars or a Future Avengers movie. I think that's where you see him sort of meet his like demise or his end to his MCU run.
1: Hmm. If when he does die, or if he does die, but I'm if he does die, it has to be like Chris Pratt right there. Like oh, Peter man. Quill. It has yeah. to be, right? I don't it's know. It's gotta be, <laughs> it's gotta be the Guardians. Doctor the guys Strange. are gonna be done though,
0: too. And like like volume three is coming out next year.
1: And you think that'll be it? Yeah.
0: Well, like Chris Pratt. Yeah. I don't, I can't see him like continue to play. He Star just came.
1: Lord. We didn't talk about this, but there's another trailer out uh, with him in another prime video. Yep. Movie. Another tomorrow war type thing. I don't. I. I just like, so, the,
0: the guardians. You can't have. You can't separate the Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, you like, unless you're Groot and Rocket. Like, they can do their own thing together. Everybody else can't really go on their own. Drax okay. can't go on his own. Peter Quill right. can't go on his own. But you know. What
1: I'm saying is, why not keep it going? I feel like all of them, except Vin cool. Diesel. I think Vin Diesel's no longer being Groot after Guardians Three. And also, I James Gunn that, said he's him. done. So like, they're not gonna do oh. a
0: movie oh. without James Gunn. Like he said, this is the end. This is the end. He said, like, quote, this is the end for, like, it's it's written as the end for these Guardians. So there might be another Guardians of the Galaxy group, but it won't be with Peter Quill. So Sylvester Stallone,
1: that group from Guardians 2 comes back.
0: (laughs) There could be members of that group that eventually become a part of these new Guardians of the Galaxy. I can see a group returning, but it definitely won't have the core of the Guardians of the Galaxy being featured in Thor Love and Thunder. In the holiday special, in wow. volume
1: three, that's 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 news. I didn't. You I, cry? <laughs> no, but I just think that changes the whole outlook. If the Guardians end before Thor, that's shocking to me. I think that's not going to happen. I don't know. And that's I, a significant I, piece of the MCU well, I, that goes away. That, that which we were just talking about, like oh, we need people from earlier MCU phase four. Uh, to help out with Phase 5. Like, if they go away after next year, it's like, oh, then let's just revamp the whole thing. They got their own
0: little small arc going, starting with Infinity War, uh part of Endgame, and now this movie. So it's like, there should be a proper wrap-up of sorts. But, uh yeah, I don't know about, like, the Guardians seem like there's some finality to Volume 3. Thor seems very much up in the air because you have the willingness, open willingness, of Chris Hemsworth. Like, I know, like... Because James Gunn has come to defense, like people saying they want to recast Chris Pratt when that was going on, he said like, if Chris Pratt's not in it, I'm not going to be in it. Which makes you think if James Gunn's not directing another movie, right. Chris Pratt's not going to be acting in another movie, you know? Right.
1: It's a teamwork. I just, type also, thing. Chris Pratt, like his career, not taking off post Guardians, like or not post, but he's still doing it. But like, you know, Tomorrow War, not a bad movie. Probably just, wrapping up Jurassic World. Dominion yeah. Here. So it's I, I don't know. I think his career is not it's he's just gonna be a movie star which is awesome i'm just saying like it's not like gonna be like superstardom i post i mean he's because... already there bro i meant like critically i guess like like he's gonna Bob, be a movie a star, star of
0: like two billion dollar franchise yeah
1: he's just gonna be like a movie star which is perfectly fine you know we yeah. talk about Vinny chase like oh do you want to be more than just a movie star nope that's fine are you talking I just... about him
0: like in prestige type movies yeah like, yeah I, I guess it was so, never so, be i mean like that's, that's he was like that before he was a superhero, he was like doing those that he was trying to dabble into that world with dabble. somewhat success, where he like supporting roles in movies like Her and uh Moneyball. He dabbles there, but he was looking for that big break. And he, I mean, he's the leader of the Jurassic World, the second Jurassic right. art yeah. franchise, and the leader of the Guardians of the
1: Galaxy. I don't no, know how yeah. much, I guess, I, I got guess all I the just, money, so right? Yeah, it's, I guess I just always saw him as like, oh, he could make that pivot, but I just. It looks like it's not working out for him as of right now and just put put bring this all back to chris emsworth like no matter what I, I like i said i don't think he's going to die i'm just saying i could see that happening i like i won't be too shocked yeah like, yeah it, it would like it wouldn't be bad if it was like he died at the
0: hands of the god butcher and it's christian bale playing him. i guess that would be like an ideal end to his run but uh yeah i just don't think it's gonna happen so if you think it is like we'll just agree disagree you know what i mean
1: I'm just saying it's I'm not, I wouldn't be shocked if it happened, but your money on the
0: table, Ricky, is he going to live hey. in this movie or not?
1: As of right now, he's going to live.
0: Okay. So we both think he's going to live. Any other final thoughts before we wrap up our thoughts on the Thor
1: love and thunder trailer? Good trailer though. Right. I know we, it was kind of overall oh, like down- good. I, the, yeah, we're, we, the,
0: the parts that I was to detra- that I found as a detraction were actually Thor's lines. Everything else I liked.
1: It's, it seemed redundant to the first movie and that's what I'm afraid of. I, I, I do I do like your point with the like, character arc with the villain because Kate Blanchett's like uh, Hella and Ragnarok. We got like we didn't really get like we got some flashbacks, but it was more just like storytelling narration. Which is picture. yeah, pictures <laughs> of like from the ceiling. This one it seems like we're going to get deeper, more in depth. So I I, I do like that Christian Bale. <laughs> yeah, so I do like that. Even though I do liked, I did like Hella. I just think this is going to be better. So maybe that will counterbalance some of that expectations that we've had compared to Ragnarok, right? So I, that we're talking about. So I don't want to be too negative cuz I do think this overall was a good trailer. Oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm not
0: negative. I'm not negative whatsoever on this. I think it was I think it was really good. I'm not saying it was amazing. I think it was
1: no, really good. Yeah. Yeah, I think we sound a little negative, no?
0: No, it's just you thought you, we we the reason we sound down is that we brought up the end of the Guardians of the Galaxy and I thought you were shedding a tear.
1: It's sad man i that is sad. i'm yeah, not gonna bring this up
0: anymore we cannot continue talking about guardians of the galaxy all right, next thor topic Loving thunder trailer let's move on to the next trailer all right moving on from thor love and thunder we need to move on to the second blockbuster trailer that was released on the day that we're recording we had mission impossible dead reckoning part one the uh, the part one of a two part finale for what it appears to be for the Mission Impossible franchise, starring Tom Cruise, was started in 1996. It's 2022, Ricky Foot. It's 2022. He's been playing Ethan Hunt for six, what, 96, 20, what, over 20 years, right? What, 06, 16? Oh my God. Yeah. he's a play he's a hug for rubs, dude yeah i like does that hurt my brain just to do it in my head and i'm like oh, this guy is a maniac um but yeah christopher McQuarrie, who was uh associated with mission impossible fallout directed it uh he's coming back for these next two movies i guess i let's go with instant reactions upon seeing this new trailer
1: so no alec Baldwin Mm. it seems like they replaced him with uh this guy who i forget but he's very recognizable um the guy from the first mission impossible yes yes thank you uh i, I just forget his name i, I honestly forget I'll look it up but uh, but um he he's the only one that says anything in the trailer and i love it because mission impossible what is it about so about ethan hunt running as fast as he can doing crazy stunts and that's what we see in this trailer we even see simon pegg running that's crazy I I I liked it a lot. The name is still tough because I don't like how it's part 1. Just give me two separate movies. Just give me two separate, but whatever. Sam like Raimi movie from the 80s. Yes. Yes. Dead That's reckoning. Like Evil ugh. Dead. It just sounds kind of corny, but I whatever. McQuarrie's back, Tom Cruise obviously is back. But um again, I have I have high expectations. 2023, right? And this comes out in June 2023, I want to say. Er is that correct? Uh one second.
0: It is 2023. Right. I don't know. Let me see the exact date though. That's a thing.
1: Right. So while you look that up, so Oppenheimer, July 2023. Barbie, July, 2023. If this is July 23, it might be the greatest blockbuster month ever. <laughs> like I, like it might be non-superhero related. Non-superhero related, greatest blockbuster month ever. July fourteenth, Jesus, July fourteenth, holy crap! Movie theaters, like get your popcorns ready, get that extra inventory in now. It's, it's cool. going to be a crazy month. It's cool. I can't wait for this, but it's only part one. Only part one.
0: This trailer was awesome. I loved it. It was. This is twenty twenty two action filmmaking right here. All right, Not caring too much about the story. Not giving away the story, at least, in the trailer. Let's show off some of the spectacular stunts. We got trains falling off cliffs. We got Tom Cruise riding a bike off a cliff, launching himself into the unknown. He probably did that really himself. But it seems like this is what 2022 is all about. If you're going to see an action movie, less emphasis on the plot. More on the spectacle itself. What are you expecting when you go see a Mission Impossible movie? Tom Cruise do some crazy shit. That's what you're looking to see in this movie. And it's going to happen here. And you got some, I mean, I can always good go for a good fiat slash buggy scene going through an Italian village, what it looks like. I can always go for that. Scenery looks incredible. Gives off some no-time-to-die vibes, in all honesty. But it almost falls in the same vein. I I felt like I was watching like John Wick here in terms of like you're trying to wow audiences. You're not going for the acclaimed acting performance. You're not. There's not much dialogue here. Uh, you're going for the human spectacle. You're pushing the boundaries on what stunt stunt people can do, or specifically what Tom Cruise can do. Let's launch him fifty feet off a cliff and see what happens. All right. Let's. He's probably in that train. That fell
1: down. No, I think he's jumping off of it, right? Or something. That was gonna be my thing. He's he's supposed to be riding it and jumping off of it, and he did it himself. That was the big news out of this one. Obviously, Fallout, right? Fallout was the one where he jumped roof to roof, broke his ankle, kept it in the movie, and they like him limping. That's actually him with a broken ankle. Oh, yeah. This one, the big thing was him jumping off of or over a train. I forget which one it is, but that was the big thing coming out of this one. So and the previous one, Rogue Nation was hanging off of the plane and mm -hmm. he did that himself. So it was like, there's always a big storyline. That's the biggest storyline here. But the jumping off the cliff, I think is bigger because that looks absurd.
0: And I also got to say, it's so weird. I think this franchise is continuously is digging back deeper in the franchise from like the movies that no one remembers as well as the most recent sequels, because this has been a franchise that has aged gracefully it has aged like a fine wine which is so weird because its star is playing this role he's been playing for 20 years he's 60 years old and he's still accomplishing these things looks accomplishing like physical feats that are arguably more impressive than the first movie like the first movie does have some incredible moments as well but to see someone at this age accomplish it it's another level and like i think christopher mcquary just gets it he understands action filmmaking today, right? What's gonna drive people to movie theaters? What what has been like driving these last two like Mission Impossible movies, three or four? It's watching Tom Cruise accomplish the impossible. And it seems like he is fully leaning into that. It seems like we could be getting something even crazier than Fallout. Okay. But the fact that we're having like these callbacks to like the first. Mission Impossible to me is kind of weird because a lot of the viewers from Mission Impossible now probably never even saw the 1996 Mission Impossible. Do you find tough it weird to find streaming? To, do, you, do you find it weird that they're going back to the well to like re-rehash these characters and along with like other movies there's so much connections like character-wise to all these other ones. This is where I'm starting to get like a James Bond type of feel from Mission Impossible.
1: Yeah, I That's like one of my biggest things with Mission Impossible. It's like, oh, who's the villain? Oh, it's probably going to be like the main villain, like that it's always been, or it's going to be a backstab. Like, it's there's not really a like, at least James Bond, there's so many different villains. This one, not as much. That's why I'm hoping this Vanessa Kirby maybe makes a step here because she's such a talented actress, right? Oscar nominated, was great in the last one in a limited role. Hopefully, she gets more screen time in this one, and maybe she becomes the big bad, or she becomes on Ethan Hunt's side, like everyone does. It seems like and then it's a new big bad that comes in the picture i don't know or henry cavill comes back i don't i doubt that but you never know but uh i think that's like the biggest issue or biggest question mark going into these two parts because it's clearly after watching this trailer ethan you have to pick a side it's like definitely government or go rogue again rogue nation or whatever so it's uh-huh. like crap we're doing that again so then who's the who's the villain is it going to be the government again But then make up in the end, or is it going to be a new big bad? Oh, wait, it's already we've already seen this one before. That's my only issue with the Mission Impossibles. Why I won't say like, oh, it's better than James Bond, even though I think it's more consistent. I think it's the most consistent act. I think besides Mission Impossible 2, all of them are great. Great Mission Impossible 3, maybe not great, but good. Um, and you said age like fine wine. I think a big part of that is the technology. I think compared to a James Bond. This these movies, Mission Impossible, relied on technology more. That's why they age better because they have, their technology has gotten better in movies, and they could do more with it. The face swapping is absurd. That's cool. And I think they 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 introduced that Ghost Protocol, and I was like, holy crap! And they're in Abu Dhabi or Dubai, and they're uh That was the big one, big stunt in that one when Tom Cruise is putting his hands with this whatever the, the freaking gloves are onto yeah. the tallest building in the world, and the wind, the freaking sandstorms coming right the glove falls off and everything so it's just like that's why this age is like fine wine as well is because of the points you made but also the, the, the technology
0: stays modern because like the face swapping thing is something we've seen like in old school james bond movies but it doesn't act exactly look clean it doesn't age well i think yes. you're right the technology makes it look a lot cleaner here and, and like talking about james bond it's got like you got like the supporting cast that returns like he's got like james bond you think about he's got his m right and he's got like the whole supporting cast here like ethan hunt still got like his benji with Simon and peg he's got his luther with Ben rains um you got henry zerny is his name returning uh from the first mission impossible right uh, rebecca ferguson still there wearing an eye patch she's going full jack sparrow for this one <laughs> not even jack sparrow she, uh, she's just going yeah no jack sparrow doesn't have an eye patch does he
1: no but no. I, I thought you were just talking about like pirates in general. Yeah, just she's
0: like- she's just going full pirate. But that's like also you think of that spy movie. It's like someone's dressed eccentrically, someone's putting on an eye patch. But looking at like the Newsom- new covers to this cast, I love it. Haley Atwell, very much in the news following her appearance in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Okay. Uh she's she looks amazing in here, by the way. Like I it's think a, she, like it's a
1: good part for her.
0: I think her, like like physically, she looks amazing, but also I think this is like where she can shine relying on her athleticism and uh what she can do like as a physical performer rather than like her just standing there with dialogue like this is the type of movie i imagine her in and then to go with Haley atwell you got palm clement teeth, teeth from guardians of the galaxy plays mantis okay young actress and i'm looking at the rest of this cast uh i kept thinking that was antonio banderas in the trailer it somehow is not it's a Sai morales uh this so season one of Ozark okay was the villain season one of Ozark right. he looks like he's gonna be playing a villainous role here uh most likely not the overall big bad it seems like he's like the uh he's like the 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 I guess the one that they want you to think is the big bad leading into whoever is going to be afterwards probably someone that Ethan Hunt is close to but like looking <laughs> at the rest of this cast Carrie Elwes Shea Wiggum Angela Bassett oh Angela Bassett again of course um but yeah, like this cast has me excited, and it looks like stunt-wise, stunt-wise, this could compete with Fallout. And we don't get any Henry, Henry Cavill mentioned here. Does he come back? What is this franchise known for? Bringing back characters we think are long gone. So
1: I, I thought on the bike in the trailer, I thought that was Michelle Monaghan.
0: Oh man! Oh so man. like
1: Ethan Hunt's wife, a fiance, whatever. Jumping in, I thought that was her so i was like oh no way they would show that in the show. so it can't be her but what if she came back again like i could totally see that they have to kind of cl- conclude that maybe at the end of part two either either hunt dies or he goes back to her and not rebecca ferguson or whatever maybe that we'll see
0: yeah um i although tom cruise is doing these this crazy stuff like it does feel like the end just based on the way he looks
1: he, he has is looking be. a lot. There's bigger. no way there's gonna do they're gonna do another one after part two. You don't and end show, they, the dead show, reckoning. Yeah.
0: They show him with the high hands. He's still got the sprint, he's got the good form and everything. Make any of us any track coach proud. But like to look at him in that boat with like that grayish beard that's like there. It looks like he's got the wrinkles all over his face. I'm like, this feels like almost like late like Sean Connery, James Bond, except like it's gonna be. A lot more still action fun. oriented. And he's still got the juice. He very much still has the juice. And he plans on doing action movies beyond Dead Racketing Part One and Two. He's a psycho. He's like psycho. Liam Neeson. If Liam Neeson actually wanted to like do all these stunts, he's turning into Liam Neeson's age. Like he's getting older.
1: Is he at know? 54?
0: Tom Cruise or Tom Cruise?
1: Yeah. I think he's older than 54. 56? Right? Like, I don't think he's 60.
0: I think he's 57. That's my guess. Let's look my it up Final right now.
1: guess is fifty. Six.
0: Mm. Nine. Fifty nine. Nine years old. He's got he's dude, he's gonna he's gonna go down with the ship. I like I like there's no way he can keep doing these things. Yeah, I
1: know this is Tom Cruise gotta, Week here on the drive in podcast and in the world. And we're doing a Tom Cruise draft, but there's nothing more to me it's that Tom
0: Cruise Week. It's Tom Cruise I week think here
1: at the drive in. My favorite thing that he would do is to end his action career after Mission Impossible Part two, Dead Reckoning Part Two, and then just win an Oscar. That's my dream. Make it happen.
0: Let's make it happen that's uh i think that's that covers it for dead reckoning um quickly i want to jump to the new elvis trailer from boz lorman i think a lot of the new footage a lot of the footage shown in this new three-minute trailer is still like concepts and like scene parts of scenes that we've already gotten a taste of with the initial trailer for elvis what caught your eye or ear from this new elvis trailer from boz lorman
1: it's a lot of recycling like like you said themes and concepts that we already have seen in all these trailers first off the bat when i clicked on it three minutes long holy crap that's a long ass trailer so long not as long and, as the
0: 10 minute one remember the 10 minute one where we had the whole intro oh
1: god so weird but again this reinforces like austin butler i think he's going to be for real i do think this is going to be good but my only problem is my only hesitancy is again with the boss Lerman effect and what do we talk about when we first heard about the Elvis Elvis biopic what we want to hear in music biopics we don't want to hear any other songs unless they were made by the artist so this is the Elvis biopic i only want to hear Elvis songs they did, in the trailer there's a non-Elvis song in there oh that makes that makes me nervous that makes me nervous cuz usually when that happens that doesn't coincide with a good movie or a good biopic so it it, it to me that, that might signal that there's a lot of congestion in this movie, a lot to cover, and they rush through it. I really hope they don't. I hope this is just in the trailer, but I doubt it. So it makes me a little nervous. Um, at the end of the day, I didn't mind the trailer. I thought the trailer right after that song when they went back to uh, Elvis song and then they played the last minute of the trailer. Awesome last minute, I thought. But again, that that took away the headline, the, took away the excitement from the trailer because it made me nervous.
0: I'm absolutely nervous. Once I heard that song, I'm yeah. absolutely nervous. It just does Boz Lerman know his demographic. Does he know Elvis is like the people who know Elvis aren't 16 years old. listening to Doja Cat. Does he know that? But it also had the most like Boz Lerman type of vibe where you're adding this flair that is almost unnecessary. Great. You Gatsby. Think of Great Gatsby with Kanye West music, right? It actually, that's kind of cool. Now you think of like, if you like the way it was implemented here, you can't be implementing like hip hop, modern day hip hop, into an Elvis movie. Like, trying too thinking? hard, bro. And it's also like, I, it makes me think like the marketing for this, they're trying to get younger people to see it. They have Austin Butler in the movie. It just makes me nervous that they're worried about appealing to younger audiences in order to make more money. I'm starting to think I'm all in on Austin, but Austin Butler, but as a movie, I think I'm almost out. I'm very close to like pull, re- like revoking my like. My stamp of approval.
1: My I, my tomometer predictor went out the wayside with this one. Dude, uh, I'm predicting fifties. Like I, th- I was I was about to say I'm I was thinking fifty five. Yeah. I, I'm I'm nervous. I, I I can't say below fifty. And I want I, I want to get into the sixties just because of the uh, Austin Butler might just carry this movie, but I'm nervous. I'm too nervous for it. I, I'm going fifty five. Wow.
0: Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll just go one up 50.
1: Uh, I'll go one down.
0: I'm going 54. I'll go one down. Uh, I hope, hopefully
1: I, I'm wrong. But again, like, I think what you said as well, like Johnny Sims shout out here, listener of the driving pod. Um, He was telling me like, uh, cause I was telling him about this movie and I was like, Austin awesome, Butler. I was telling him about this months ago. I think it was like Thanksgiving time. like, Austin Butler's playing Elvis. Like, this is going to be must see. Um, and, and he was like, there's an Elvis movie coming out. I have to go take my dad to see that. Imagine mm. if they played Doja Cat with a guy that's, that's I'm like sixty-five like, you, years old. You'll get
0: people like walking out of the theater or just like rolling their eyes like throughout right. the movie. You don't want that for an Elvis biopic. But this like also just like reaffirms my belief that this is going to be similar to like a Bohemian Rhapsody. It's going to be a weaker overall movie, but it's going to have a, a, a fantastic lead performance. That's what I am envisioning for this movie. I am almost completely sold on that idea before the movie comes out. You know, <laughs> I just don't trust Baz Luhrmann. I don't trust him. Yeah. Uh, I think we should just jump into the Marvel corner once again for the trailer round of quick thoughts here. We got a big talk about, talk about the large green woman. She-Hulk, Tatiana Maslany, debut for uh, the MCU. Uh, series debuting August 17th on Disney+. Plus. She-Hulk, attorney at law, Ricky Flex. Will you be watching She-Hulk, attorney at law?
1: All right. First things first, the CGI comments. I defend my tweet. The CGI looked terrible in this trailer. Do I think it's going to stay like that? No, I think they'll put the money in, fix it up. Similar to like a, a Sonic. We talked about Chip and Dale. There's an ugly Sonic that's direct, uh, directly coming from the Twitter outrage from Sonic, uh, the first movie. And then they put, invested the money to change it to make it look better. I think they'll do the same thing here. And I think it's a part of the reason they released the trailer this early because She-Hulk doesn't come out until August. So I think they'll edit it up, make it better. Just want those comments out of the way. Now, will I be watching? If this came out this week, I would not be watching. For me, I am not addicted uh, to the Marvel canon for a non-Core Avenger, not even a non-Side Core Avenger. I know a Core Avenger is in here, Mark Ruffalo. Maybe I'll watch an episode that he's in or Tim Roth just because I like Tim Roth as an actor, but... If it was coming out this weekend, I wouldn't be watching. And it's not because this weekend is Stranger Things and Obi-Wan. I'm talking about like a free weekend, and it was this upcoming weekend. I probably wouldn't waste my time. I really wouldn't. Now, by August 17th, Thor Love and Thunder comes out in July. It'll be a month after that. Hopefully, that's great. I'm probably back in. But as of right now, if it was coming out sooner than later, I would be out. I will be watching so we will be watching but i will
0: also say i agree with your analysis or at least your um belief you're just like your commitment to not watching every marvel project like i don't plan on watching Miss marvel this will be the first marvel project i will not check out unless people are saying it's like fantastic and the next best thing but i have no connections to miss marvel I don't have a strong affinity for Captain Marvel or any of the connections that the show appears to be making. On the other hand, She-Hulk, I remember watching the Hulk animated series as a kid, like She-Hulk made regular appearances in that show. Mark Ruffalo confirmed, obviously in the trailer to have a strong role in this show. There are rumors that Daredevil will be appearing right as a lawyer, at least makes sense in this show because he's an attorney, obviously, so is She-Hulk. I will be watching it. Drops on my birthday, I will be there. The tone caught me by surprise. This is a horny trailer. This is like, (laughs) she is looking for love, baby. She is looking for love. And I don't think we've ever seen this from a Marvel hero other than like Deadpool, who's not officially part of the MCU yet. So to me, it's like... It's to me it's I've never seen a character She's the
1: horniest like, Marvel character so of all time. So
0: overtly. So overtly T- wanting her back. Tony Stark. And I like it's like I I don't like she was I guess drawn very beautifully in the show. They made her look like she's a very attractive person more so than like the big hulking Hulk, you know? Like the Mark Ruffalo style Bruce Banner character, right? Uh but it also makes me wonder when I saw Mark Ruffalo here, he is still like He is like Smart Hulk, okay, from Endgame, which makes me wonder, is this taking place before uh, the second blip? Is this taking place at a time where we saw at the post-credit for Shang-Chi, he's wearing a sling, right, because of, like, the snap, but he's also looking much older, but he's not looking green. So I'm, like, confused because with the snap, it would be afterwards, Okay. But when you think of the timeline, like, why would they have She Hulk come out so so much earlier in the timeline with all these projects coming out? I think it's only going to confuse audiences. Like, do you have any predictions on that, Ricky Flick? In so terms of when in
1: the MCU timeline this is happening, that's where they're trying to rule me back in. Right. That's where they're trying to say, okay, you're a little sick. Of, like, Doctor Strange didn't live up to the hype. Like, cameos were great, but like, I'm not, I decided I'm not going to strictly watch things based on cameos. Why? I'm out on She Hulk right now at this moment. But, they're linking it again to the movies right shang chi the sling mark ruffalo actual mark ruffalo not smart and i'm just wondering all right wong's
0: gonna be in the show
1: wong another person they're linking the movies in it's like crap do i have to watch this for the movies because at the end of the day i am a slave to marvel on the grand scheme of things so it's that factor and also He has to get the injury in the show, and he has to make that transition. And for God's sakes... Well, it's him from the snap, right? His arm? Is it? Oh, yeah. Right? When he
0: snapped, he destroyed his whole arm. So Uh, that's why I questioned when it was taking place. It's got to be before... Wait, it's got to be, like, during that five-year period, no?
1: Oh, during the blip. But things seem too, like, joyous in the trailer, like, too happy. (laughs) Well, I mean, like...
0: Not everything can be
1: depressing all the time. Maybe people some people like
0: to move move along with their lives, you know. The way they I,
1: depicted the five-year blip, eh, I don't know. But like, I see why, your point.
0: Because like, why would Hulk be turning back? Because we never saw Hulk as like Mark Ruffalo, like Bruce Banner here. He was always smart Hulk, right? right. Combination of the two. We right, haven't been revealed. Right, right. Maybe he's figured out a way to go back and forth. Maybe he's trying to show uh Tatiana Masani, like how it's supposed to be. But you know
1: again, just how to say do, this how to remember it? when he tries to snap and it fails but he's still fighting in the final battle oh he's gonna so maybe, suck it up i'm just saying that could be like maybe he didn't break it right i don't know maybe because the multi-healing ability of the hulk like he didn't break his arm maybe they'll broken arms for something else i'm not sure i'm just spitballing here but um i guess the final comment i'll make actually is again it's a disgrace that mark Ruffalo never got a movie like I still think that hurts it so much. And for She Hulk not to be related to a I know it's related to a main a core Avenger, but not someone that got a movie also like kind of hurts it as well. Because it's like, oh, is this She Hulk? That means she's not gonna probably ever be in the movies. Ever. So it's like eh, like I don't know. And I'm no do, do the rights
0: the, work the same way? Like, is it like She Hulk the same rights with Universal? You I, know, that whole I was assuming
1: that. I was assuming that, but maybe I'm wrong. But again, like, do I really even want to see her in a movie? Not really. I don't really care for the most part, really. I know I, you mentioned our childhood watching the show. Yes, I enjoy the show. I'm just saying, like, I'm, I don't really have an affinity towards it. And we already have so many characters that is like, and it's not like she's Oscar Isaac, you know, playing this character. Like, it's not Oscar Isaac or Ethan Hawke playing She-Hulk, like, as in, like, a well renowned actress that yeah. I'm, I'm forced uh, to watch it, so.
0: I will say it's as a Marvel fan and uh, someone who didn't read a ton of the comic books like I'm, I'm a spider man guy but and sort of I didn't read many of the comic books it's just when I look at these characters that they're diving into now like you have to really pull me in with these trailers and who's playing these characters you really do or else I'm not gonna care like Thor like I didn't know Chris Hemsworth it was at the time but I wanted to see. Thor in a movie because that's such a big name hero. The fact that we're resorting now to She Hulk, which is obviously like a C list hero. You could, some people might say B. Okay. Miss mm-hmm. Marvel for me is like a C list hero. Right. And then, like looking at all these people down the line, like that, I just don't really care if I see them in a movie. I think. It'd be interesting to see how the numbers do on the upcoming Marvel series that fans don't have as much of an anticipation for. Moon Knight, you have Oscar Isaac, cool looking character. Even though he wasn't in the MCU before, okay, people are gonna come out in droves to see that because you got Ethan Hawk, as you said too. Other shows that happened prior to, like Falcon the Winter Soldier. We have a familiarity with both of those characters and the villains and other guest appearances okay wandavision we have very much familiarity between those two characters loki down the line all these shows so it's going to be interesting when you see these new characters lesser known two audiences are they still going to come out in droves and how are they going to receive these movies you know that's going to be fascinating and when you have guys like frogman in this i saw the picture of him very much like judo master vibes from (laughs)
1: peacemaker right didn't you feel like
0: that was like peacemaker Yeah, but I I
1: trust James Gunn and those weird, quirky characters, right? Uh, And I don't know. I
0: don't know who's in charge of the show, but I don't know. It's gonna be. I don't know. Like I I feel like the tone is gonna be like I feel like younger people they're gonna see like well how is She Hulk's acting like the horniness of her and they're gonna be a little taken (laughs) back. They're gonna be a little taken back. Like if that's in the trailer, like what are they gonna show in the show? You know, it's just gonna be. I think it's just gonna be a woman looking for love. Uh. I think we should you move on that. to. Let's move on to the checkup now. And I think let's just continue with the Marvel corner here. A Daredevil series is rumored uh, to be in the works at. It's not rumored. It's confirmed, I believe, to be in the works at Disney Plus. Uh, Matt Corman and Chris Ord, who wrote *Covert Affairs*, are going to write this new series for Disney Plus. It's not confirmed whether this will be a full-on reboot or a soft reboot of the character from the Netflix Marvel series and from the Defenders and the, all that jazz like related to Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, that whole shebang. So Ricky Flex, uh what do you want to see from the Daredevil show? Like obviously we're getting Charlie Cox back as Matt Murdock, making following up his cameo in Spider-Man No Way Home. Would you like to see a continuation of season 4 or maybe a soft reboot, season 1 of Daredevil?
1: I think it's a tough one. And I think you could continue the show. People that are foggy Nelson stands like get out of my face. Like, I don't think he was very good. Um, Fulton Reed, shout out. (laughs) uh, Hey, I'm a supporter of D2, Um, but one at a time. I'm, I'm honestly fine with either, What I really want to see though. I want them to keep the goriness or the violence of daredevil, the bloodiness of it, right? The fight sequences that like, like, Daredevil was beating the crap out of people, like beating people to almost death, and same with like the Punisher. That's what I don't want to lose, and I'm worried that bringing it over to the Marvel canon now officially, that's what I'm worried about losing. I just want that true Matt, Mur- that true Daredevil, the superhero Daredevil, to be carried over, and unless I know, and then in the show, Matt Murdock and Foggy Nelson and the crew, they were very, uh, liber- like they were. Uh, I'm not. I'm trying to use the right words here. But They're very kind, like they were too kind. They were, uh, soft, li- like I'm, I don't want to soft. I mean, they're very soft, yeah. They're very soft. I don't want to see them be that soft, you know. Like, I'm like physically, he just...
0: looked a little soft too, a little doughboy action, <laughs> yeah,
1: doughboy. But, uh, I meant like th- their work was charity, basically, is what I'm saying. They're humanitarians, almost like, yeah, like, eh. like they're a little, they leaned into that so much. I almost want to focus on Daredevil. I want him to use his work as Matt Murdock the lawyer into his work like Bat- like Bruce Wayne does for the Batman. That's what Daredevil does. That's what I want to more see, not focus on, oh, let's do some humanitarian efforts in the community. Let's uh, like it's not we're not trying to promote like like just good things, do good deeds people. We're promoting a superhero show. We're focused on Daredevil. That's what I'm trying to say. It's hard to put into words properly, but I think you get just there. That's what I want to see whether it's a soft reboot or a continuation that's really want to see want to see going forward.
0: I'll tell you what I want to see. I want to see him in the yellow suit. I want to see a different suit to mark that this is a different era of Daredevil. Give him the yellow suit. I don't want to see Karen Page. I don't want to see Foggy Nelson unless they're recast. Foggy Nelson is like his partner in crime, so I think it's going to be hard to have a show without him. I don't necessarily want to see Fulton Reed return. I don't even know his real name. I don't want to see Fulton Reed return as Foggy Nelson. I feel like you know what i thought of just now like john favreau returns his fucking I, Nelson. I, I, I
1: was thinking the same thing but you can't obviously uh fight.
0: yeah but I, I feel like you can get someone more formidable there uh the love interest karen page maybe you have someone else in the bag you already kind of wasted electra so maybe you, ha- you don't need to decide whether this is a full-on reboot or soft reboot or a continuation right now i would just say have it stand on its own like it, those things did happen to him. Okay. You don't have to make direct connections to them in the show, but you're right. Have him like a detective style, like he's solving a case as he is Daredevil. Okay. Uh, Put Wilson Fisk in there. He's like, there's also rumors that like Charlie Cox will be returning as Daredevil for the Echo series. Like, Wilson Fisk made his comeback like in uh, Hawkeye. Hawkeye. So I think a soft reboot is. The way, because you get to keep Wilson Fisk, you get to keep Charlie Cox's Daredevil, okay? I think almost a movie would have been better. Just give us a movie so you don't have to worry about continuing the series and worry about, like, satisfying audiences with those former characters. Just give them a standalone project where you can see him for two and a half hours, give a, an idea of what his future is going to be without having to build upon like the characters that have already been written for the TV show. You know, it's completely mark your territory compared to what Netflix did and what Disney's doing. Like, uh, excuse me, oh, like MCU. So just if you give them the movie, it just marks your territory. It just like tells you clearly like this star character now. You know,
1: it's just I, I, I totally agree with you. But the problem is, is that Disney Plus streaming service, streaming wars you got to keep up with these shows like we wouldn't be getting a Miss Marvel. They or have G-wolf, enough. They have enough. If there, if there was a Disney like we would not be getting those shows if there wasn't Disney Plus and to meet their quota of content. Right. Marvel has hit their quota. That's why like there has to be a series. But I totally I think your point is correct. I think a movie would be so much better, especially for a, particularly with a soft reboot. It would be perfect. But I just don't see that happening.
0: Yeah. Uh, hopefully we'll we'll just wait and see and hear more news as it comes out and make sure to deliver it to all y'all fans. I think we should also move on to another sector of Disney. Let's talk John Watts, director of Spider-Man MCU trilogy. He's just stepped down from Fantastic Four. Doesn't mean he's gonna stop working, folks. He is in he's confirmed to be developing an untitled Star Wars series that is set after Return of the Jedi, a la Mandalorian. The series is described within Lucasfilm as, quote, a galactic version of Classic Amblin coming-of-age adventure films of the 80s, end quote. So, Ricky, what do you think about the idea of John Watts stepping into the Star Wars realm?
1: I find it so funny because steps away from Fantastic Four, a franchise. Um, Tom Holland still thinks that he, John Watts is doing the next Spider-Man. Like, everyone thinks that he's doing the next Spider-Man. So, it's like, huh, he steps away from Fantastic Four too, steps away from Spider-Man for a bit and he goes to star wars the franchise that's probably most besides marvel or maybe more than marvel like producers production gets in the way of the creator because you have to follow the formula you got to follow uh the 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 story that they want set out not your vision in particular and i think that's a huge issue and he goes to this i i found this like shocking as in not because of his caliber i think the caliber of director is like exactly what star wars needs right now but i just think that what he, his decision to do this i know star wars is big it's kind of like you kind of have to, if star wars asks you to do it you kind of have to take because it such a big opportunity but it's like huh you were just leaving something because of this reason mm-hmm. does that make sense
0: yeah 100 percent. like he seemed like he was tired he literally said i'm like i'm tired of like spider-man superhero movie not spider-man like superhero movies And you think about the connective tissue that the MCU has, maybe that's strenuous trying to build a story within those characters, within that world. And then you step into a world that is arguably even more important to stay connected to because the fans are so raven, like it's bigger. And um, you're, you're going for this like Spielberg type of feel to this upcoming movie. So a series. So I just, I have no idea what it's going to be about. Uh, Maybe it's, I don't know what it would be about, honestly. I, I don't know. Like, like the Mandalorian so of, like, satisfied me in terms of like a, a post Return of the Jedi story where he goes. I think I have to do a little research to try and like find out what I would want to see. But I just find it interesting that you're right. Like he's literally just said, "I'm not gonna. I don't want to be a part of this like world building in terms of like fantastical stories." Then you do the most fantastical thing you could ever think.
1: <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Hit the now that like it's exactly it. It's just shocking. And again, like it's it's probably the situation where it's like you get offered, you can't say no. Cause if you say no here, you never get the opportunity again. And it's just too big to pass up. So it's just, it kind of, it's like you understand it, but it's still, he's hot
0: in the streets. Name is out there, you know? Yeah, I agree. Uh, moving on with other franchises here, we also have major casting news. I mean, our girl is staying working, Margo, Roby showing up in Barbie as the lead, but she's also going to star and produce an Ocean's Eleven prequel film. A prequel. And she's also going to star in a Pirates of the Caribbean spit-off. This queen can do whatever she wants. She could be in all the critically acclaimed stuff. She could pop up in what you think is a franchise dead in the water like Pirates of the Caribbean. She could step in and play an iconic toy, or she could step in and like basically uh Carry an iconic franchise from the Doldrums like Oceans too. So I don't like. What do you think about her like jumping into all these franchises while also main, trying to maintain that status of prestige, like most in-demand actress in the
1: world? It's remarkable, and I I honestly don't know where she's going to find the time. <laughs> I, I it's it's honestly remarkable because again, it's so much she's come. She has three movies coming out this year, Doctor, and three of them they're probably all are going to be Oscar contenders. You have Amsterdam with David O. Russell next to mm-hmm. Christian Bale in that whole cast that we've talked about. With I'm not like absurd Babylon, which is I think right now the Drive In Podcast best picture winner next year. Our prediction, I would say, yes. yes. Um, and that's another huge. Kills the
0: Flower Moon. One of the other. She's in that. No, 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 no! I thought you said best picture winner.
1: Oh okay. Oh yeah, maybe I'll go with that. One of the two. She's in the next Wes Anderson movie, Ashwood City, with another huge cast. And she's starring in that. So she's starring in three of the, the biggest movies this year, like critically big movies, biggest movies this year. Absurd. And then next year, Barbie. And it's then Franchise mentioned... time next year. It's all the franchise yeah, movies. I... And then she's in other movies coming out too, which, um, again, I don't know, but Ruin, I haven't read up on it, but she's in that i i'm not gonna i don't know any other details but she also starring in that so it's just like she just loves to work she's constantly working and again she was just in birds of prey two years ago last year's suicide squad so she got her harley quinn out of the way and she's definitely gonna do more with harley quinn so maybe was, i don't
0: know this could signal the end of it six movies in like two years this is craziness she's gonna know. get
1: tired and it's just it's Tying very
0: IP. Like like what are the odds that she's gonna be doing another Pirates movie? What are the odds she can do a sequel to Barbie? Major IP. What are the odds she's gonna do another Oceans movie? Very high. Maybe she's looking at like like Harley Quinn saying, maybe I'm at the end of the road. Maybe it's done.
1: Okay, but are you saying okay? I I don't believe. I think she like another Suicide Squad movie. The Suicide Squad. I think she'll do another one of those. I do think so. I think it's too big to pass up. She had her own movie. I think that would be maybe the only movie that was her like pinnacle, her peak of the character. But I do think she'll be in another one if James Gunn asks. Um, she'll find the time. I don't know where, how, but she'll James find it. James Gunn the time. loves
0: writing that and directing that character.
1: Right. My only my only worry is now is that after this year, this year let's say she, her roles in all these movies, these critical, like most likely critically acclaimed movies, aren't as big as we thought they were, or she doesn't get any Oscar noms in any of them. She hasn't had an Oscar nom since 2017, I Tanya so where does her career go from after this year when she goes into the blockbuster ip route how does she get back to that she's still very young right i don't um i don't even know how old she is she's uh i'm guessing she's 36. she's oh god she's only 32 no oh, she's still young she's born in 1990 jesus um so okay so she'll have time Leo, to get back it again she'll have back she'll get back to the oscar route i'm assuming but it's just gonna be a long time a long period between that if she misses this year which
0: that I is totally easy she's only 31 dude how crazy is 31?
1: that 31 i feel like that she's is 40. absurd that is nuts jesus wait wolf of wall street was nine years ago so oh right, 2013 God. right so 22 nine years 31 32 uh, 22 yeah holy crap she was 22 in that that is insane that's say. Leo, what the heck was I
0: think I take back what I said about like Harley Quinn. I thought she was like 36, 37. I can't believe she's this young. Leo. Just... Dude. Leo was probably what 40 something, 42.
1: now. He's he's 47. 9 years ago, he was 38. 38 Dude, 38 22. Lines up with Leo. Lines yeah, up. that that makes sense actually. Looking at it real Oh my lord. But yeah, at end of the day, holy crap! Margot Robbie loves to work. Great actress, and she could do both. She could be in the critically acclaimed stuff, or she could be leading these blockbuster IP movies, and I love it.
0: I'm just, my mind's blown. Like she's done so much work already in the past few years, and then she's like just stepping it up. She's it's only ramping this, up, yeah. And she's working with these all these directors that are just like riddled with Oscar nominations. But let's keep moving here, Ricky Flex. I think we should move to another critically acclaimed actress, a quick hitter right here, Amy Adams. She's going to be starring in a movie called Night Bitch. <laughs> That's going to be directed Absurd name. by Marielle Heller and released on Hulu. The neo-horror thriller follows a woman who is convinced she is turning into a dog. Some batshit crazy type of movie here. Uh, I have nothing really to add just other than like, what is, I mean, what is Amy Adams trying to achieve here. What it's has just her just career gone to?
1: <laughs> what are we what are we doing? It's gone to night bitch. That's what we're what are we doing? This is a six-time Oscar nominee. One of the greatest actresses we have.
0: Do you think people are gonna respond well to her like pretending to be a dog? <laughs>
1: like, what? No. what Neo Thriller is a little a run.
0: bit of a little Neo-thriller. Ugh.
1: Okay. So, Arrival 2016, right? Nocturnal Animals the same year. All right? Her resume after this, Justice League, okay, she was in Vice, which we don't particularly love, but still, like it's Vice. She was good in that though. Yeah, the best performer a long But then, but yeah. then you get Hillbilly Elegy, which is an abomination of a movie. Zack Snyder's Justice League, which obviously like we love, but that's not hers. The Woman in the Window. I didn't finish it. It was so bad. Dear Evan Hansen. Never seen it, but she's going to be in Disenchanted later this year, which is a reboot or a sequel to Enchanted, right? So not the caliber of a six-time Oscar nominee, which that movie's going on Disney+. Fan
0: it's fanfare. It's just like. Yeah. And then
1: you go. have this movie. about She's playing a dog, and it's called Night Bitch. <laughs> what are we doing? Adam's go on and get bitch. your. I'm worried that she's throwing in the towel for an Oscar. I'm worried i just I, I,
0: yeah, I, I think she's like this i think she's got to the stage you no know i i parallel her career with what male like actor bradley cooper Gyllenhaal,
1: hall and hall
0: where she's like made this hard press she had all those nominations lined up but now she's just doing what she wants to do You know, she doesn't care as much. Maybe she'll return to like that prestigious, like act, like acting. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is like a project, a script that a lot of people wanted to get their hands on, and she's lucky to be starring in it. But I just think of like other situations where other movies where people are trying to portray animals and none of them have been successful. Literally none of them. Hmm. George McCoy one that is coming out, right? Yeah, Maybe that came out. I'm not even sure. I feel I like know, the promotion of that was, movie yeah. has been pulled completely after the promotion of it, after the trailer. Right? I actually saw something recently about it, though. Really? I this haven't is, seen anything. So I'm just like people hmm. kind of pulled back. I think there was just a crazy negative response to it. I think of like a uh, Wolfman. I think that was was it uh wolf when I think of Nicholson, that movie way. back. Oh, yeah. Then. Uh, but Wolf Man, I think it's Benicio del Toro, yeah. Anthony Hopkins, Hopkins movie. Yeah. I so, actually um,
1: don't hate that movie.
0: <laughs> I haven't seen it in years. But I just just, it's yeah, It's just interesting. It seems like she's getting bold with these
1: parts right. that she's taking. I think, and it means I think,
0: like and it's also like when you think about like her and like Zack Snyder's Justice League and like her in the DC universe very much feels like also Hall going to a Marvel villain and thought Marvel villain role. It just seems like they're picking and choosing what they want to do. They made their hard press for an Oscar. Now they're just going to let it come naturally. That's what I'm kind of thinking.
1: I think that's a better analogy than I had. Cause like mine is like, I just picked based off of age and like a, a cat, like uh accolades like Bradley Cooper, same age as Amy Adams, 47. Okay. And it seems like Bradley Cooper he's going kind of towards a director route, directorial route a little bit here right now, similar to like what Affleck did. So that's why, like, it seems like different, totally different like scenarios. Amy Adams doing like this fanfare night bitch stuff. Bradley Cooper like going Staying away from an actor, but still like being relevant, bitch. but not as real like not as relevant, but uh because he's not on the screen. But the Jake Jones <laughs> Hall, the reason why, like the only thing I would like pick your head on. The thing, <laughs> this movie,
0: his name I can't get.
1: Night bitch. <laughs> just, that's not a movie that's good. You can't name your movie that and think it's. And good.
0: the Oscar goes to, Night
1: Bitch. <laughs> 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 Sorry, um, I just can't stop. Off. But the reason why Jake Gyllenhaal, I know he's a frequent listener on the podcast, so shout out Jake. But um, he's only forty one. There's plenty of road back. Like mm-hmm. he's, he's six years on these two. And yes, he's doing Michael Bay stuff right now. But I still see a line where this is the no, bottom. He's going to
0: turn to it. I think, I, no, I don't think it's the bottom. I think he's just like, okay, I'm just going to do what I want to do.
1: Yeah. He's but like I'm also thinking bottom, like Taylor ear. Swift controversy. Oh, don't you, don't, don't you dare. He's at, don't you dare. But like, he's at the bottom. But he's at the bottom. And this is his no, bottom. He doesn't That's care. About nothing. Crap. He doesn't care. About I know. Jesus. I need. A, I know he doesn't care. But this is his bottom. That's what I'm trying to say. Like Amy popular, Adams, like he her bottom to... is going. Is going down. No, no, she. She is.
0: She's in hell right now. Woman she's, in the window and night She is bitch. in the dirt. She is in the dirt right <laughs> now. Uh, yeah, she'll get back to it though. All right. Oh. She should have gotten an Oscar for Arrival. I'll tell you that. Um, moving on with the checkup here. I think it's worth noting another casting here, someone that's on the rise, Cumberbatch, going to star in The Hood, uh, directed by Paul Greengrass. I right? think about *Born Identity there. Film is described as a period drama about the peasant revolt in England, period piece, starring Cumberbatch, English movie, UK version of what uh, they're calling a Braveheart and Gladiator. I mean, this might be it for our guy. This might be it after this year, kind of coming up short, obviously against Will Smith for uh, from his performance in *Power of the Dog*. When you think about *Gladiator*, *Braveheart*, both Best Actor winners as a result. *Period Piece*, Paul Greengrass, acclaimed director. I like what we're I like what we're adding up to here. I like what we're adding up. Cumberbatch still on the prowl. Thoughts?
1: Yeah, real quick. I think you're right, except *Important like, Identity* that wasn't. Greengrass, he did Supremacy and Ultimatum. Just okay, to be clear. Well,
0: yeah, just uh, in the franchise, I meant
1: right. And he did Jason Bourne, I'm like yeah. So he carried the franchise after. So I do think like he is acclaimed. I don't view him as good as I guess Hollywood does. On up to like, like Captain Phillips, he did okay. Did good News of the World,
0: I never saw it, but I heard it's good.
1: Um, Tom Hanks, and then he did the Bourne Supremacy, Ultimatum, Jason Bourne. And he has an Oscar nom, Best mm-hmm. Director, United United ninety three, okay. No big stars in that post nine eleven. Right. I overrated him. I overrated him. But no, but Green Zone. Are... I, I think like like uh critically, like critics like view him as you did. I just don't personally. But the reason I think this is big is because of Cumberbatch, and I think uh, Green gas is like he's an adequate, very good director. You know what I mean? Like he's very good, but his just name sounds that... like he's so good, <laughs> right? His name sounds a bit. Paul Green Grass, like this guy is legit. Jane Campion, Scorsese, Paul Green Grass. You know what I mean? Like it has that feel to it. But he also like he is good. Like he is good. But Cumberbatch, this movie is going. He's going to carry this, and he's going to get another nomination for this movie. When you plump
0: in the names gladiator and braveheart like you have high expectations whoever's taking the yeah. lead here and like no one and like he is more than suitable at this point to take on that role so yeah our guy let's go
1: let's go cumberbatch come be I just
0: want to leave off the checkup and trailer roundup this episode by just a uh, law abiding citizen getting a sequel I don't know how I don't know how Like I thought I don't know how exactly this is going to work but you need Gerard Butler because he is the scene stealer in that movie.
1: I thought awesome. he died at the end of that movie. Doesn't my favorite Gerard Butler – hot take. My favorite Gerard Butler role. Didn't he blow up in the cell at the end of that movie? Not on screen, but yes.
0: Oh, my God. What, he, they, what Andy Dufresne himself out of there? Is that what I happened? I don't know how.
1: he was. He was like admitting death in the yeah. scene. So I don't understand it. Jimmy Fox is he confirmed to return in this? I don't know. <laughs> this is like I just, I just saw like long weird of news, Citizen
0: sequel like what weird is going on. It's very like, shocking. Yeah, it's
1: like. Do we over- need another one of this? Is, is Brian Cox in the original? Like, is, we, is he remember. coming back? Like, very weird news. Like, shocking to see, and with no confirmed returns by the stars. So that all-time FX movie, good. all-time FX. Yes, movie. yes.
0: Uh, and then I kind of want to end the checkup today. Just talk about uh mickey seven which is going to be bong Joon ho's next movie who's joining the supporting cast alongside the lead man our batman robert pattinson we got mark ruffalo and tony collette that are joining in supporting roles i mean this one is going to be special this is going to be a highly anticipated movie i assume it's going to come out in late 2023 hopefully if not 2024 but uh I like to see, obviously, anything Pattinson's in. Mark Ruffalo seems like if he's attached to anything where he's not Bruce Banner, it's like, okay, see see you at the Oscars.
1: Yeah, spotlight. See you there. This is the making of a Best Picture winner. Um, The only thing I say isn't the makings is the name, Mickey Seven. It sounds like a movie that's the best movie of the year, but... It's not nominated or anything. Yeah, it's like a David Fincher movie, like Seven (laughs) or uh, Fight Club. It's like one of those. It's like great name, but it's like, is that the Academy gonna pick that? Like, probably not, right? I don't know. The name, it's that's just off of the name. Everything else, cast, synopsis. Apparently, the book's really
0: good. Apparently, the book's really good, and it's it's probably
1: gonna be the best movie of the year. But do I? Am I gonna put like the Babylon stamp of this is winning Best Picture? No, I'm not.
0: Bong Joon-ho don't miss. and doesn't miss. Ruffalo doesn't miss. And Tony Collette is one of the most underrated actresses of the last 15 years.
1: Staircase. Staircase. Decent show. HBO Max. Yeah. I'll have to check it out. Um, all right. That's going to do it for the checkup, and that's
0: going to do it for our episode 105. Uh, make sure that you are staying tuned to our feed this week because this is Tom Cruise week. We got Top Gun this week right? Throwback trailer dropping Wednesday. We got Tom Cruise best roles draft dropping Thursday. And then next week, we'll hit you with Top Gun Maverick. Top Gun Maverick. We're seeing it this Thursday. If we're, I mean, if who knows? If we like it enough, maybe we do a a nice reaction pod afterwards. 20, 20 minutes just going over how we're feeling. Make sure you're staying tuned to our feed, whether you listen on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Make sure to hit that follow button. Also, subscribe to the YouTube. Make sure you're hitting us on social media. All right? We got all the fire, all the updates. A lot of trailers this week. If you haven't seen them, check us out on Twitter. Scroll through the timeline. We got you covered. Okay? This is Dr. Rowe on the horn Along, alongside Ricky Flex. Until next time, we will see.